What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode, episode 22 here. It's been a hot minute, but I'm back on it. Let's do this. So this episode is more so talking about the six lessons that I learned after running my 10K run last Saturday, um, which I understand to some people that is very relatively uh, low mileage, not a very big run, but I'm not going to minimize that because to me, that was a very large run because I have never identified or fallen in the endurance space, the only type of endurance type of um, performances that I have ever partaken like in my fitness last 27 years, the best, that's the best way to say it, I'm not gonna say career, is uh, running track. But for track, I was more of a sprinter back in high school and middle school by running the 100, 200, and the 400. I hated the 400 because it was, it was short enough and long enough where you still have to sprint the entire thing. And I was not a fan of that at all. Um, besides that, I did doing CrossFit and those like some of those longer uh, Metcon workouts, those chippers or um, longer monostructural workouts on any type of like modality, either it be on a machine based, um, on land or in water. And the longest duration I've ever done on any of those was like 15, 20 minutes straight. But, um, I wanted to set out a new challenge for myself, uh, this, these last 12 weeks. Yeah, it was 12 weeks. It's been 13 weeks now. It, there's a lot of people I've been following and like uh, Alyssa, Dr. Alyssa Olenek, um, Nick Bear, um, Mark Bell, and just a lot of other big giants within the health and fitness space um, that's really been driving the framework, the model of like the hybrid athlete and however way you wanted to how you wanted to find that um, subjected to your own however you want to do it. But basically in the simplest form is just combining something, um, pieces of the strength and muscle development world and uh, merging it with the endurance world. And the way that I wanted to do it was continue lifting, um, but also add in the running aspects because I find running just very primal. Um, it's just something that I feel like every human should be able, um, capable to do. So I think that's really cool. Um, and I've just always identified as not a very good runner. Um, I just didn't think it was in the cars for me because every time I'd go for a run, my heart rate would just shoot through the roof. And I really wanted to challenge myself and uh, place myself back in that learner's mindset, that beginner's uh, position, and remember what all of those feelings are like, the emotions, the anxiety, the fear, and the uncertainty of the path that's going to be um, in front of me of, um, what's, what's to unfold. I just had no idea. And I think that was the great, that was just amazing to put myself back there because when it comes to lifting weights, both for either strength, power, hypertrophy, um, or mobility or any of those other areas, I am, uh, a few steps, uh, ahead for sure. Um, years, and that's just due to the obsession I've had over the last decade. Um, from both uh, from an academic standpoint, from a, to a professional standpoint, and just across the spectrum along those and those areas. So I've been I'm well seasoned when it comes to uh, muscle development, strength development, but when it comes to the endurance world, not just anaero not just anaerobically or <clears throat> excuse me or like short term um, short burst power, but more so in the aerobic long conditioning workouts, I really wanted to test myself and especially in the running world. So um, both Casey and I, my girlfriend, we signed up for a 
first we find we signed up for a 5k within like i think three to four week um notice not notice but like within like the time frame and then after that we're like yes let's let's like give this big one a go and for and for a 5k that's only 3.1 miles i believe and a <clears throat> excuse me a 10k is 6.2 6.3 one something like that but you get it it's a longer distance and the longest duration i've ever ran um has only been a mile and then we did the 5k which was up to three miles which was the longest i have ever ran and so i wanted to kind of really climb the next step and that was doing a 10k and so with that um, i just want to share some six of the lessons i learned as someone who has just started his endurance uh process uh journey path something like that i just think the word journey is a little cliche and it sounds kind of eh because everyone uses that word, but whatever. All right, going right into it. Um, so first thing we did was making sure we had some type of plan, right? We wanted to make sure that we can fit in our schedule. So we did it at the beginning of November. And then we, um, so forward thinking, backwards planning to look at the season and stuff like that. And so we think that the beginning of November was perfect. 12 weeks back, boom, we found a run that was in within our area that's only like 15, 20 minute drive away. And, but I have never programmed for running wise. And so there is a big giant in the industry, like I mentioned earlier, Dr. Alyssa Olenek, um, that she has her own running programs. And so we signed up for that and we did it for 12 weeks. It was a three runs per week frequency and just helped us train and taper for it. And I will be 100% honest. Um, during that time, there was a lot of big life changes. Um, happening as well. And during that big time, one of the big rocks was that both Casey and I had to move um, like three to four times. So that threw a lot of wrench into things. Um, but my training was not perfect. And but I want to say the first lesson that I learned was getting out of my stubbornness is investing in a solid pair of running shoes. So don't be cheap. Don't be cheap. Because the shoes I was running in were over 10 years old. They were a pair of blue Nikes I bought back in high school. Um, I'm 27 right now. I turn 28 next month. So I probably bought them either or my mom probably my mom bought them. Let's be honest, I was back in high school. Uh, I was only spending money on fast food cars and my girlfriend and maybe alcohol or weed. So that was that was high school. Uh, but okay, so Get yourself a solid pair of running shoes. I was running in the same old pair I had that I just kind of like carried with me. And they they were doing their job, but I can tell that my shins were feeling it a little bit. My ankles were feeling it because they're all the mileage was like ran down, even though I don't run in those shoes and stuff like that, but walking on them consistently over a 10-year period time span, um, yeah, you're gonna stack up miles. Um, by doing that. And so the soles were gonna be super flat. I'm basically jamming my heel into the concrete every single time I ran. And it, it was it was fine for like a mile. Um, but when I was creeping up, um, when we were building up our weekly mileage up to that three miles, um, like running session in one single bout, I was like, okay, let's time to get like a new pair. So there's a lot of really good brands out there. There's like Sarconi, there's Brooks, there's Asics. Um, I can only speak nothing but good about those other big brands because there's a reason why they're a big brand because they're good they work well um there's different of course you'll need more individ individualization um 
that of knowledge in those shoe area, depending on the curvature and the setup of how your foot is. Um, if you so, that's an area that I don't have too much knowledge on. I really just chose Brooks just because Casey got a pair of Brooks that looked really super cool because uh, one of her employees was a big runner or is a big runner and also spoke highly of Brooks. So that was like the domino cascade effect that like led down the chain up to me. And I was like, well, that's enough of um, reason to get Brooks. So I found a super, super cool pair. And so I invested in that and it was a great investment on my part to just wear and run it. Um, so yeah, and it really did help with like, a, it just felt really cool. Like I felt like I was running on like, like a cloud and it just helped me like the vibe, the energy when I went out for a run, it just, you know, you just feel it. It just feels really cool. So definitely the first lesson I learned was that don't be cheap, invest in a slot pair of running shoes. And with that, because of the weird uh, feelings, sensations I was experiencing in my ankles, in my shins, um, that exposed a lacking of either strength, mobility, durability, or anything like that. And it, it showed there was an expression of holes in my training because the way that I was training before, um, which leads to my second um, lesson I really learned is don't forget to, to strength train during this. And the way that you do it is different from just building muscle to supporting your actual running goals. So a lot of runners out there, you know, when you think of runners, people probably first thought is like, hey, runners have to be small, have to be smaller humans, tinier bodies, they weigh less so then they can run faster, less resistance, um, physics that way. And it totally makes sense, like it really does. And so yes, naturally by running, you will, uh, having a smaller body and a lighter body weight is more advantageous when it comes to the sport of running itself for sure. Um, especially if you are dipping more into the competitive realm of it, but as a novice really, um, you're going to be fine still. Um, but with that, you still want to strengthen. You don't want to, you don't want to have an injury. You, and plus for me, I like having muscle mass. I like having a bigger build. I don't want to lose the muscle mass that I have gained and built, uh, over the years. And, but I understand that my strength, um, this was not a season where I was prioritizing strength. Um, so I put my strength goals, uh, more on the back burn burner. And instead I curated my training to support my running a little bit more. That way I can satisfy my meathead, um, self. And then I can also satisfy and support the, um, the running side, because my main goal, my main destination, the outcome that I was trying to drive is, um, doing the race, doing the run, doing it well and having fun along the process. But along that you have to do things that's in within alignment with that and that makes sense from where you are here so you have to close the gap with doing the things that's in alignment with that big goal that makes sense if you because if you're not going to adjust what you're doing you have to adjust the goal so one or the two have to adjust and you have to make sure that what you're doing is in alignment with that big thing so when it comes to the strength training i started uh, incorporating different things when a that prioritize the health and conditioning and the and just strength of certain joints and muscle group areas that are used more when it comes to running. And so with that, I made sure to start doing a lot more eccentric focus, single leg calf raises, 
both bilaterally and unilaterally. So both feet and one foot at a time. So that means like doing calf raises, either body weight with a weight on a machine or on a Smith machine, something like that. You um, are trying to build tendon and ligament health on both of the end ranges. So when you point your toes all the way to the top, and then when you dip your ankle all the way down, that end range as well, both of those. And so making sure that I was doing those type of things for my calf muscles, for my tendons around my ankles, making sure I was doing some type of plyometric stuff as well. A lot of isometric holds, so pauses. While in a lunge position, doing a lot of lunge um, movement patterns. So I moved away from a lot of squat patterns um, and did more like lunging movement patterns, hamstring work, glute work, um, hip flexor work, um, stuff like that, that supports the running. Um, so then I would be fine. So a lot of my workouts, so my running was in between two to three times per week, while my actual strength training portion was about uh, three times per week, full body and so um, that way I was managing my volumes and things like that. So I wouldn't run into overuse injuries, excuse me, and things along like that. So big lesson number two is don't skip out on strength training. You need it. And it's going to help your longevity when it comes to running, making sure that things are all good, the tendons, the ligaments, the tissues that's surrounding your joints, um, that type of stuff for the adaptations to occur from strength training. You need like four months on it. So just doing it one month, two months is not enough. You will definitely notice a difference, but um, longer lasting and large like uh, adaptations really occur after that three to four month period. And you'll feel a difference and you just feel more uh, resilient and stronger and your runs will just feel a little better. So the third thing um, I learned was while I'm doing my runs, I have to slow down. And I think that was one of the big things that I always got wrong throughout all my years of running is that I had to go fast. Like I, to get faster, you go fast. That it kind of like made sense. But when it comes to running, you have to build, it's more physiological. You have to build a lot of the, your foundation, your aerobic base um, for your, and it takes time. It takes time for all that stuff to occur physiologically under the hood for then you to be able to express that um, the new uh, found, aerobic capacity that you have built, building, uh, logging in those miles over and over day by day, week by week, month by month, that leads up to that big race, the big race day. So that took a lot of time. And so the thing that I really did with that is I um, just decided to like, and on and following a intelligently structured um, training plan helped with that as well. So I'm not just shooting in the dark, I had a plan. And so with that was like, okay, RPE, like five, like 90% of my work was RPE five. And that was those long, those long, easy runs, and they can get really boring and you're really in your head. So you really focus on your breathing. I've I place a larger emphasis on nasal breathing. So really just breathing only in and out through my nose um, for more of a efficient oxygen and carbon dioxide exchange, the gas exchange through my nose instead of my mouth. Um, that way it helped keep my heart rate down. And I started learning how I, I started learning how to be more into my body and recalibrating myself. And so that was the really nice thing. And the really big, one of the big things that as a new runner, as a beginner, early stage runner, you were still trying to cultivate and build more awareness around that of the cadence of your breath, your strides, um, and things along that nature. It just takes time. And 
after training for a 10k i'm still i'm like now figuring it out kind of um so it takes a long time to build that so when you're doing your easy runs when you're doing your runs down that whole prep you have to go slower you have to go way slower than you were thinking don't focus too much on the heart rate portion um because people can get way too caught up in that and of course if you're new and you're going to start running of course everything all the stimulus is going to be a lot to you then it's it's going to jack your heart rate up no matter what your heart rate is going to be high no matter what once you start going it could be because of a physiological stress it could be from a psychological stress it could just be because you're not used to it and so all of it is just all this input inside you don't know your system does not how to like calibrate it and you just don't know what to do and so everything is just like a big slap in the face so during that first two three four months you have to commit to just trusting it go slower you if you have to like what i did even going with a walk slash run um kind of ratio so it could be something like you uh do like an easy jog for like one minute and then you pull back on the reins and you walk for like another minute, like a one-to-one ratio, or you walk for like two minutes until you feel like your heart rate really drops down. Think almost conversation style pace. So if you had a friend next to you or if you were on the phone, can you have a full on conversation with somebody completing your sentences without gasping for too much air in between your words and without hyperventilating? Can you do that? If you, can't if you say no then you're definitely breathing too hard if you feel like you're like it's just your heart rate's kind of like going too high then you have to pull back you want to definitely hang around that 130 that 140 that 150 beats per minute range and um that's going to be a really good bet for you to um build your aerobic base and then uh that way you're able to one come race day you're able to really crank it up and go about it. So that was number three is learning, like you have to go slow. Um, number four is if you don't want to suffer, eat your carbs, especially throughout the entire training duration. Carbohydrates was priority A, just because that is how you are going to fuel your workouts. And especially come race day, you are you are going to need it. Carbohydrates is going to be your main primary source. You want fuel in the tank because the last thing you want to do is hit a wall when you say come um, like running day for those longer runs. I found for myself after about um, every 45, 60 minutes, I can tell that my stomach was getting kind of hungry. And so definitely having food is really important there um so making sure that you have like you're eating enough carbohydrates um faster digesting carbohydrates things that are easier in your stomach that's not going to weigh heavy or sit too heavy in your stomach um things that i really like that really sit well with me is um like cereal with milk go perfectly um any type of oatmeal oatmeal doesn't sit too heavy in my stomach personally and so i'm okay with it any type of fruits any types of like fruit whether it be frozen it's like the just like fresh fruit or even like frozen fruit um so or even like greek yogurt is a great option cereal i think i said cereal um those like chewy bars, type of like granola bars, things like that. Those are the type of carbohydrates that you want to lean more towards on instead of things that are that can sit heavier in your stomach because of the fiber content um, of it. it like uh, more complex carbs like pasta, different types of grains, rice, 
um, things like that, or even fattier type of stuff or like large, large amounts of protein. You don't want all that stuff sitting heavy in your stomach because even though that is quote unquote healthy foods, if you want to look at it through that lens, um, but in the context of supporting your performance um, before you go on a run or even before your actual like race, those are going to weigh very heavy on you and it's going to really affect your performance and you're not going to feel great. So you want things that digest really quickly. Um, during the whole time I was training, I didn't really um, ever bring out food with me to eat while running during the training process, but during um, come race day. Um, like I said, my training plan was not perfect. There was some weeks I didn't do any runs at all because it, it honestly is that much of like a mind game for me that I made it of any excuse in the book to not go run because I had this uh, client work. I had this um, clean, I, I whatever the excuse was, I came up with it and I came up with very elaborate ways to outsmart myself. And so, yeah. So even though I wasn't perfect with it, I still showed up um, some weeks better than others. And it is what it is. It was my first time doing this. I didn't expect perfection. Um, I was just looking to be directionally um, correct, like doing stacking up as much chips as possible within the direction that is going to serve me the best in the long term. That was what I was trying to do during this first one, because I didn't put too much pressure on myself to having to like get a certain time for this run, things like that. I just wanted to start carving away at the type of person that can do this and show myself that I can do this thing that I say that I'm going to do and that I am trying to become this person. And I was chipping away at it. So there's that. Um, but yes, eating your carbs is really, really, really big. Um, but I found that during race day, um, what I did, that I didn't do before is I knew I was gonna get hungry around the five mile mark. And so I stopped at the gas station right before I grabbed a bag of Sour Patch Kids and I knew, which I called it, was on the run. Actually, I got a little hungrier a little bit before because I was actually going out the gate a little bit hotter than I thought I was going to, but held my pace. Um, oh yeah, I finished my 10K um, in one hour and eight minutes. So that was huge. Um, I actually, around mile three or four, I started eating my Sour Patch Kids just to um, digest some carbohydrates, get some energy in, um, and it worked. And I ate like probably a big handful at that first like three mile mark. And at the four and the five, I just ate like little, like two or three at a time. Just, I just felt like kind of having like a slow drip almost of it. Um, and then I finished it out, of course. And then, um, so the next lesson I learned, number five, is that um, what you do the night before really sets the tone for the next day. So you already know how you're going to perform the night before, essentially. Um, and what I mean by that is you have to make sure that, like, you go to bed on time, make sure you know where you are going, make sure you know what to expect on race day as much as you can, know what foods you're going to have, um, account for any type of contingency um, that may come up, like have a contingency plan, sorry, um, that is going to come up. So 
like making sure your food is prepped the night before, making sure that things are charged, you have all the stuff you need, things are prepped, things are cleaned, um, everything is good, uh, making sure that you are carbohydrate like loading few days prior, make sure you're hydrated. Hydration is a huge thing right there. Hydration with water, electrolytes, um, stuff like that um, the night before as well. Um, and have everything you need. And uh, you know what time you got to get there, start stretching. Um, you're going to have like race day nerves. You're gonna probably going to pee like six times. And so understand that other people are going to be showing up and the lines are going to get really long. And so how long do you need to warm up? Do you need to go pee? What do you got to do? Anxiety-wise, you have you have a second to yourself. You have to start thinking about all those things the night before, which really sets the tone for the next day, um, because those are things that matters to me and really made a huge difference. Um, and then number six is just enjoy it, like just have fucking fun and be in the moment. Um, I like that when I was on the run, I just popped in a really uh, dope conversation podcast, um, like more personal development realm. And I just listened to it while I was running. And then, so the, then here's a honorable mention number six, sorry, not number six, number seven here that I um, want to share that it's always been on my mind. Um, so I ran track back in high school. And one of the things that always stood out to me, and because it was a really big moment back in high school was that for our, like, you know, when, when you're running like a hundred meter or 200 or like really any type of race, you want to like, you know, run at like 80, 90%, blah, blah, blah. And then when you get to that last like quarter inch, that last like quarter, whatever of the distance you're running, you really want to like turn the knob again, turn the knob up a bit, red line it and just fucking gun and run like a bat out of hell. Back in track, back in high school, um, for some reason, we were all kind of slacking. We just weren't doing it. And so our coach like picked up a trash can and just threw it on the ground because we were doing sprints. And he just saw that we were just like, we were pulling back. We, we were pulling back way too early. And he like made us do repeated one, like sprints, like 40 yards of just like gunning it at him. And he was not going to let us leave until we like finished that last 40 of the hundred, like full out on, like he can tell because he's been doing it for a minute. So he can tell when someone's giving up, like is actually running hundred percent or not. And so that has always stuck out of my mind because like, yes, how you do things really matter from like 80% of the work really matters, things like that. But like, but then that last like 10%, like 10% of the year, 10% um, of your run, 10% of whatever, like that last little quarter, whatever, you need to like step on the gas. Like you gotta find that second, third win and then you just gun it. So I made sure that when I was running and I remember, so out of the 6.2 miles, the first two miles I was running at a 10 something um, uh, pace per mile and then the, three, four, five, it was around mid 11 and a half. And then at the sixth one, I cranked it up another knob. Excuse me. I cranked it up another knob and I was like nine something. And I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm like going. And then that last quarter, I, I gunned it. I completely sprinted. Excuse me. I completely sprinted and I felt so proud of myself at the very end because I remember that repeated message, which is crazy how it's been like a whole decade, like 10 years. And I'm still remembering that. And that helped influence and um, helped me have a successful run at the very end. So that's just like a last thing I wanted to kind of throw out there. Um, and it's like a principle that you can carry on in life in other areas, too, is that like how you like the way you start matters 
but then the how the way that you end something the way that you finish something not, not just getting it done the way you finish something really matters too um because in this world everything like nothing matters but at, at the same time everything can matter so really just give a fuck give a fuck about something um and so i wanted to give a fuck about that run and so i was intentional even i wanted to have fun and i definitely did that i didn't have a time goal or anything like that my goal was to just finish across the finish line but i knew that with with that i'm going to merge that compassion with ownership of being like i'm going to give this everything i got at the very end and i'm going to leave it all out there on a table this is for nobody else but myself and I wanted to do that because that's another sign of self-respect that I want to cultivate is that if I'm going to do something, I'm, I'm going to finish it hard, just as hard as I started something and the whole middle piece. So yeah, just getting it all the way. But really lastly, going back to lesson number six is enjoy it, have fun with it. And those were really the seven lessons that I'll mention number seven, uh, that I lessons I learned from running my 10K. It was a ex great experience. Um, I loved it, um, taught me a lot about myself, just the whole endurance world now too. Um, don't worry, I still love training. I still love lifting heart, uh, heavy. I still love uh, hypertrophy, getting bigger muscles, just being a complete meathead. Um, but the endurance side of the world, um, I'm not done with it. It's, and there's going to be more coming. So, yep, cool. Awesome. This wraps up uh, episode 22 on the seven things I learned running my first 10K. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. I'd be more than happy to um, answer any questions or give you resources or point you in any direction. And um, whatever platform you are listening to, please uh, subscribe, share this with um, onto your story. And I know that you are listening. You've, you found this valuable. Share with a friend who's also about to run the first 10K. And awesome, guys. I will catch you guys in the next one.